When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to The Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my co-host, Mark Riley. We're back. It's been a little bit, but we're back. We got a great show today. We're talking CFB playoff. We are talking NFL playoffs. Got some crazy headlines in sports. And our boy Juice, defensive tackle from Southern Oregon, stops by for a quick little chat about his draft prospects, what his favorite style of deep playing defensive tackle is, and much more. So it's going to be a great show. Check it out. Let's rock it. All, All right, right. So Mark. cracking into the six pack of games. Wait Sorry for off it. The Wait college. for it. Oh, little sound effects today. We got uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, and the college football playoff. And this is – we needed – I think the college football play, playoff needed this. Notre Dame could not – they just need to be, either join a conference or even if they go undefeated, they can't be respected because they never, ever show up in the big games. Well, this is – I. Have, it's interesting because I, I was on a job. It was a job from hell when I was working at other other places, and I the clients had it on. They're all from they all went to SEC or ACC schools, big schools and whatever, big college football fans. And I watched the game as much as I could. And here's my first opinion: it looked like Clemson was playing their JV squad. It was horrible. Yeah. It, it looked like Notre Dame, this unbeatable Notre Dame team that looked so great, got whooped. And College football, if we have another – if next year we have another Clemson-Notre Dame national title, which I doubt – I mean Clemson-Alabama uh, national title next year, which I doubt we will because I think Clemson's in its last year of really being relevant in the fact they're dominant. I still think they're going to be like an ACC championship contender every year, but I think like they're losing a lot of their defensive studs. Like You're going to have Lawrence all day, but – at the end of the day, you're going to lose that pass rush to the NFL in the next couple of seasons, and you're going to see, like, unfortunately, the ACC is one of those conferences where you do go through cycles. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Dabo's got something going on there, though. Every year, it feels like they just got a new set of big dudes in that defensive line. But I mean, I hope I hope it starts cycling. I mean, at this point, what's the point of this? Oh man, we have the playoff. There's no reason to expand because no, like it's just Bama and Clemson pretty much every year. It's pretty nuts. Well, um, I saw Cowherd did a whole two-team take, and I wanted to smack him. I'm like, no, he, the BCS sucks. Stop. Well, it does. It did. Like, it sucked a lot, but it has. I mean, this year it would have been exactly the same two teams. Um, but speaking of other two teams, they got Bama and OU. Wow, was that a terrible one to start? Twenty-eight nothing. Oh God. I was so happy that Oklahoma at least put up a fight and covered because that would have made <laughs> that would have made the Big Twelve look even worse than it. Like I mean, at least uh, Texas beat Georgia last night, but that was crazy. Like yeah. I gotta give, I would give Tech if we were gonna throw Texas in the report card, I would give them like an A plus because that just like the whole Texas back thing actually gained some relevancy because they just punched the defending 
the defending national runner-up in the mouth repeatedly. Well, yeah, and all the talk about if they should have been in the playoff over Notre Dame or uh, what's it called, Oklahoma. I think I mean, they were so defeated they didn't make the playoff, though. Yeah, I don't know. I also think that Ellinger and Texas, was they were ready. And from – I remember we were talking about how uh, Justin Fields might be transferring, but not after that performance by from these past couple of games. But, uh, yeah, so Oklahoma, I mean, the Bama game, Bama obviously was going to – we all knew that was going to end like that. But I'm looking forward to the championship. I think this is the best two teams, and I think it should be good. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's going to be the best one we could have hoped for. Of course, I'm I'm hoping for Clemson because I just I'm done with the roll tide. Yeah. But and also I love seeing an underdog knock out an impossible opponent. Could you tell Eagles fan I love the Rocky movies? <laughs> yep. So now we'll switch over to the the NFL and we'll start off with my boy, the should be MVP, Andrew Luck, who brought a defeated five-loss team to the playoffs in the wild card because he beat the Titans. Don't get me wrong, uh, Blaine Gabbert was their quarterback. But Colts are in. Watch out, Andrew Luck, the future, even though he's turning 30. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord almighty. All right, this is why I literally tweeted out, and I literally put in our column that Stafford is better in the Lions pick. And look, this Lions blanked the Packers. But Yeah, against, the, against Kaiser and the Packers that don't give a shit. <laughs> You know what? I just had to take a shot at you because it was like, I literally just, I had to. So I looked at it like this. Like, you know, one, I was going to take a shot at you about the whole Luck Stafford thing because I still have my opinion. I still think Stafford's, I would rather have Stafford. But I look at it like this. You really can't. I, I love the Colts. I think that team is disgusting. I think Darius, I think Leonard is a monster of a linebacker. That defense scares the living daylights out of me. I'm really happy our Eagles played them at week three, not week 13. And I think they could do some damage in the playoffs. I don't know if the Texans are ready. I still think they're reeling off of their loss to us. And then you throw in the fact that, I mean, they won last week, but like it was against a Jaguars team that literally didn't want to be there. Yeah. So I, I look at it like this. Colts are dangerous enough. I think I think they're still not as good as a Baltimore or a San Diego, and it really sucks those two teams have to play each other. But I still think Indianapolis could take a nice gut shot at um, New England. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this isn't their year. I think that team has a lot of good young talent. But I think it's funny. I'm convinced that, because you just said San Diego, I'm convinced that the Chargers will never be referred to as L.A. Chargers. It's like the one thing, like, Everyone says LA Rams with no problem, but it's not. They don't say St. Louis, but San Diego the will Rams always be. I've been in LA before. My dad is an true. LA Rams seat cushion from when he was in high school. Like he used that to love true. the Rams when he was growing up. So like, I just think it's funny. It's like uh, even on ESPN, everything. It's like oh, San Diego, and they have to correct it. I'm like, just get over it. Just move back to San Diego. Who cares? Yeah, like everyone. Uh, like that stadium was gorgeous too. Yeah, well, they're gonna be using that for the like AFL leagues or whatever. But uh, next game. We'll do Ravens and Browns. Uh, wow, that game was actually really good. Lamar Jackson is 6-1, and one, I think, now as a starter, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a pretty good day. Um, the Browns almost pulled it off and got the Steelers into the playoffs, which I was happy that they ended up uh, not pulling it off because I would rather have the Ravens in there. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a good game. I mean, it felt like a playoff game. Like, who would have thought the Browns would be in a game, even though if they win, it didn't matter. But it felt the atmosphere was there. It felt like like the Browns in a crucial game is unheard of. I'm going to tell you something next year. This is this, you can hold you can put this down in the record books. 
We have a witness here. You and me also. We can write this down. I'm telling you right now. Next year, the AFC North is going to have two contenders. It's the two teams that played last night. I mean, uh, I mean on Sunday night. It's going to be Cleveland. It's going to be Baltimore. Both are going to be like at the end of the season. It's going to be like the old Dallas Cowboy Philadelphia Eagles days back when it was Romo versus the late McNabb or Michael Vick. It's going to be like tense. It's going to be ten and six, ten and six, duking it out for that last spot. Both are good teams. Both have big strengths. Cleveland's more offensive minded, while with a good defense, while while Baltimore is more defensive minded with a good offense. So it's it. They're both solid B plus teams. Possible A minus. They need a piece or more on both sides of the ball. I love this. It's going to be a great rivalry. Lamar versus um, Baker going forward. This game was amazing. I loved it. And the fact that the, the video of the Steelers players watching the the Ravens get that first down on the scoreboard was the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, oh, my God. It looks like they just lost their puppies. It was – I mean, I'm kind of curious because of how the, all, everything going on with AB right now if he would be playing in the playoffs. But that's we'll talk about that in the rundown. Oh, of um, so, yeah, next game we'll talk about is the – Vikings and Bears, we can kind of match that with the Eagles and Redskins just because those games correlated. Oh, my God. Let me lose, Mark. Let me lose. Oh, God, here we go. All right, first off. Kirk Cousins is garbage. Yes, he <laughs> literally robbed the Vikings of $84 million. I, I want like I think Dutch from Red Dead Redemption 2 could have taken some notes from him because he just pulled off a full-scale robbery. Um, first of all, it was a nice video game reference by me. Second of all. I was going to say, I was like, wow, that's a great uh, – Little way to get that mentioned in here. Yeah, but first of all, holy crap, the Vikings look so defeated. So, all right, first of all, I didn't have Sunday ticket because I didn't go to my sister's bar this weekend. I was just, I was, I was feeling like garbage. I wanted to sleep and relax. It was, it was the day before New Year's. I wasn't so feeling like a long great. weekend. Oh, such a long weekend. And I am sitting on my couch. I'm watching the Eagles. They switched the bonus coverage of the Bears because the Eagles had gone up twenty four nine. It was after the Aguilar touchdown. Yeah. So I switch over, and I I I was like blown away. It was against the backups. The Vikings look. The Vikings were within ten points the entire game. They just looked like they didn't want to be there. They looked like they wanted to see the offseason to start. Like it, it. Like I saw Thielen and like uh, what's in Cousins fighting on the sidelines, and I'm just like. Uh okay, so the Super Bowl contender team just completely crapped the bed. And the best know? part is, is the the when Thielen and Cousins were arguing, I think Cousins was trying to show Thielen how to run a route, which is like Thielen's like a good route runner. Like, what are you doing, Cousins? Cousins was twenty for thirty three with one hundred and thirty two yards in a winner go home game, and he gets paid eighty. The like, yardage amount just blows my mind. On twenty attempts, I've seen Baker. I've seen. I saw. I saw Michael Vick in. It was that Monday night game. He had twenty attempts, and that gave me a three hundred eighty yards. Like that should just tell you right there. Like they weren't taking shots down the field. That's the and thing. Like, what's there to look forward to though? Like they have to uh, an off season to get better. Their team's already good. They got a no, solid defense. They got the weapons. Know, they're stuck with Cousins. He's the w- wrong quarterback for their system. They have Thielen, who runs good intermediate to deep routes. They have. Diggs, who is a burner, if you let him loose, he is a great, great receiver. They have a good receiving core. And then you also have Jerry is right. You have Laquan Treadwell. And then you up Kyle. They, they have so many freaking weapons. You got Cook and Murray in the back. You can center crazy. and actually do like some damage with that team. It, it's, an, it's insane. I don't understand it. Um, I'm not mad about it because 
they lost and the Eagles end up winning. Uh, I mean, you can say what you want. Eagles played well. Defense shutting down Josh Johnson's not very impressive. Well, but I mean, Josh Johnson may have earned himself some possible, like a Tyrod Taylor kind of deal. Speaking because, of Tyrod Taylor, why is he? I can feel like nobody talked about this guy all year. Because he got he got benched, and then they were just kind of like, eh, he's there. I know, but I'm saying, I mean, well, that, we can bring that up some other time. But it's like he just kind of went under the rug, and I mean, he was. I think he could end up going somewhere next year. Well, who knows? We'll figure it out. Well, he was also just so astronomically bad yeah. that, like, it was yeah. like he was the the throne of at the throne of Hugh. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a different. Player, well, then again, but... I mean, you could put Aaron Rodgers, Hugh Jackson. He probably threw thirty picks in the season, but we'll talk about that in the rundown as well. I mean, so, on, yeah. on, the, on the report card, actually. Yeah, but yeah, back to our birds. Uh, they pulled it off, made the playoffs. I mean, three straight after that, like overtime loss to Dallas, where they got screwed on the first play, and it was just worse from there on. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, I, it feels like last year. Nobody wants the playoffs. We're actually the underdogs this year. Like last year, I mean, we were underdogs because cousins. I mean, not cousins. Uh, wow, that was, just, that was a disgrace to uh, Carson Wentz. Wentz was out, so everyone wasn't, didn't believe Foles would do it. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, those, Dude, you, got, you know you, what the worst part is? Carson Wentz is about. I heard. I was like, I feel like he's about a week or two. You know, NFC Championship game. I don't know, man. If we make it that far, I don't could, you be one of those people that says Carson should play. I might be. I don't know. Do you not? There's no reason, and I, I like. I understand that Carson's the future. I you have a that. Lamborghini, you drive it instead of the Challenger. All right, like you drive whatever car is going to get you to the finish line first. And the you, car that you've Lambo been using that's two, been reliable is the one. Two ten and a uh, Challenger twenty one eighty. I'll take the Lambo. Nope, because the the one eighty speed is going to take you the better route to get there. That's all I'm saying. All right, we'll see. All right, you know, I just have this weird feeling. Carson's there, not done this season. Like I have this weird feeling in my gut. He's going to be our hero this year. It's going to and like it's not going to be Foles' fault. That chest injury scares the living daylights out of me. Clowny I was going to say that's the way he's going to come out. The only that's what's going to happen if we were to make the NFC Championship. Foles is going to get clocked by Aaron Donald or something. And then uh, I guess Carson's going to come run on the field and just absolutely, just absolutely start like full on ginger rage. Just start taking out <laughs> the Rams. That would be wild, dude. I would be like, I'd be, I'd be running down the street, nothing but my one shirt and run in the air. Like, yes, let's go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Andrew I mean, Kansas I hope he's back. I hope Foles plays well and stays healthy. And if Carson comes back, they better win. I don't know. But either way, that wraps up the six-pack for this yep. week. Uh, next up is the rundown. Week 17 rundown. Right. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy week with that. Uh, A.B., top it off even today. Antonio Brown's gone nuts. He missing practices. Didn't even get – he was inactive, not because of injuries, because he was having hissy fits. Um, he had an inter- he posted videos of James Harrison about – Oh, I got to talk about what Mike Tomlin's saying. I mean, he's following the 49ers on Instagram. Like, what's going on? He's liking pictures of him in 49ers uniforms on Instagram. He's getting tagged in. Like, I, I'm a little, like, listen, you and me disagree about this. Like, there, he's, he's rumored a couple teams that are looking after him. And here's the thing. If I'm a Niners fan, my best, one of my best friends, Chris, he's a not, diehard Niners fan. My boy, Connor, shout out. Giants fan. He was talking to me about how like Odell might go to the 49ers if they're like, you know, like looking for him. 
these are the two receivers at the top five, top six who I don't want on my roster. Yeah. I would want a Hop or a Julio or a Mike Thomas or a Juju or a Thielen or a Stephon Diggs or a whoever, like, or a freaking T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Like, I want those guys. I want the guys who don't, like, go jab into the media. The problem is, and this is why the everyone's like, oh, the NFL should be more like the NBA. No, because Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham are the exact reason why the NBA lifestyle doesn't work in the NFL. Yep. And it makes so much sense. The NFL is a blue-collar fo- sport. It's never been glamour. It's never been glitz. You want to, Von Miller may dress like he's a fashion diva. He also decks 240-pound dudes for a living. Yep. Like, Jamal Adams, I saw a video of him deck offensive linemen. You don't see about him, like, like it's, the NFL's not pretty, all right? I played football. I am not a model by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Tom Brady's the outlier. Like, you got that radio football too. You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. we're ugly, we're ugly bastards. We know <laughs> what's going on. Like, <laughs> there's a reason we got a face mask on to defend our faces to shield the people from looking at it. <laughs> but the thing is, like, all right, Antonio Brown has to learn that he's got some discretion. I get it. If the Niners have already, and the Niners and the, the the Steelers have already like exchanged messages, like, all right, yeah, we're trading you. Up. Oh, Brown for a second rounder and an eight, uh, first rounder next year. Fine, go for it, do it. That's fine. But the fact that he's doing is this early. It's two days after Black Monday. Like you've got to have some discretion. And the fact of the matter is, like, this is hurting his stock. Because what if he goes to another team that's not the 49ers? Yeah. What if he gets traded to Philly or Indianapolis or freaking Miami or Houston or or some other team in the offseason? What's going to happen then? Like, this is what doesn't make sense to me. Pittsburgh's a freaking mess. Well, see, the, the thing, I mean, the quick spin zone with it, like, if I'm the Steelers, I'm not mad. Because if they were thinking about getting rid of him with this, like, the more, I mean, if he's trying all this talk about trade, I mean, I get that it, the teams might not really want him with that way, but you're going to get a decent amount for AB. So, I mean, if he's going to go... Get him out now before and his contract year or something. And you do have a borderline number one receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster, so it's not like you're completely screwing the receiving core. And James Washington showed some spark. They always draft a good one. Like they always get good receivers. Like I running backs. The, whoever the scouting re- scout for the Eagles for the uh, Steelers receivers, I want him in Philadelphia because he always gets these good guys. Well, I also I also said in high, like when Juju was coming out, I'm like I want Philly to get this guy. I know his 40 time was crap, but like he his game speed. And everyone's like laughing at me, like, Juju sucks, bro. And look, he's tearing it up now. Yeah. Um, I also loved his freaking name. So, like, yeah, that is true. I mean, it's an interesting one. Uh, so, next one we'll go with is all these coach firings. I mean, we had Todd Bowles, Vance Joseph, Adam Gase, Steve Wilkes, Derek, Dirk Cutter. I mean, during the season, you had Hugh, you had McCarthy. I mean, Cyber Monday was something else this year. I mean, not Cyber Black Monday, Monday. Black Monday, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I take full credit for calling you an idiot in our column about like Vance Joseph <laughs> because he had nothing to work with this year. So I feel like that was an unfair firing, but I get why they did it. John Elway's just trying to save his ass. Well, John Elway's been Elway a terrible know, GM. John Elway has been a horrible GM. Other than the Peyton Manning pickup, he's well, done nothing. Oh my nothing. God. I could run a team with Peyton Manning as my quarterback. For the love of Christ, this doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist. That's what I'm saying. He, he thinks, like, other than that, he's done nothing with a pretty solid defense. He, his GM found, like, 
whoever their scouting guy found Philip Lindsay, who's a local kid, who's like now gonna be the running back in the future, but like the running back combo of Freeman and Lindsay is loaded, so they're fine, but yeah. they better hope Nick Foles becomes a free agent or freaking they get like a, a your boy Will Greer in the draft, or they're gonna be like screwed because they're stuck with Keenum right now, who's who's supposed to be a backup. The the whole the whole Minnesota crop was just such an aberration. It was stupid. I mean, yeah, I I don't hate Keenum yet. I mean, I don't think he's like a franchise guy, but for what they're at, I mean, it sucks because they have this defense. But I mean, I don't. I mean, they obviously need a young quarterback, but this isn't even the year for the, the draft to do it. So I mean, I, mean, I just not I think Vance Hebert Joseph. Said, not Justin Hebert's declare that he's going to stay one more year, like I, I, it gets even weaker of a draft class for quarterbacks. Yeah, because other than like they're talking about Haskins, and I mean he hasn't even declared yet, but he'd be stupid now because he might even go once. Somebody might trade up for him. Uh, <laughs> the fact that like the, listen, I love Haskins. I love his body of work, and I got you know to shout out to my boy because he was talking to me about this today, and he was like, "Yo, someone might trade for Haskins in the top five. I'm like, it's not a year for quarterbacks. It's going to be. Bosa, three or four cornerbacks, another defensive tackle, a couple of linemen. It's gonna be like one of those kind of years, like the Eric Fisher, Jake Long year, yep. or not Jake Long, whoever Jokel. It's gonna be like the Eric yep. Fisher Jokel year, where like everyone's driving tackles. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of D linemen that are like at the top. You got the corners. It's actually a pretty deep wide receiving class too, but they won't probably go that early. They're probably gonna go like late to first. It's gonna be like the Deshaun Jackson year, where like everyone drops like like to the late twenties, but Everyone's drafting wide receivers. Yeah. I was so ticked that uh, that my boy, um, what's his name from Miami? I, I can't remember his name right now. Jeff Thomas didn't declare for the draft because I would have been like, yo, Philly's got to snag this dude right now. 4 yeah. 3 speed, punt returner, 6 1 body frame, good hands. I'm like, yo, Philly, grab this dude right now. Hit him and Jeffrey and Aguilar. That's a all star freaking receiving core for Wentz. Yeah. But I'm. He's going to Illinois, I guess. He's declared as he's transferring. Uh, I have more about Miami during the uh, during the report card, by the way. But yeah, keep going. I mean, uh, all right. So yeah, so keeping up with the coaches though, and now I mean, Buccaneers obviously got rid of Cotter, uh, Dark Cutter. Uh, there's rumors that Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's football coach, might be uh, interested in that position. I mean, I love him. I, I, I do. I was gonna say I don't hate it. I don't. I think he's for for Tampa though because Jameis Winston's so undisciplined. But isn't his contract up? I'm not sure. I just all I know is that wait, Jameis or Brian Kelly's James Jameis. Uh, Jameis. I think he either. Yeah, he's I think like, he's got an team. option for this year. Yeah. So I think Brian. I would love to see what Brian Kelly does with Jameis because I'd love to see what he do in the NFL because I don't think I don't. I think he's a bad coach, but I think his time in Notre Dame is coming to an end. I think Notre Dame, unfortunately, with Notre Dame, and people have not realized yet, Colin Coward, our boy, hit this on the nose. It's not a glamour job. You have to deal with the Notre Dame standard. You have to deal with the grades. You have to deal with all the things that, like, a Miami or an LSU or an Alabama doesn't have to deal with. Miami hires, brings dudes in off Beaverton or over or Overtown or – Booker T. Washington High School dudes who like literally are scraping by to make their grades, but run a four-two, so they're fine. And the thing is, and it's not no disrespect to those kids; they're probably great. The education system in Miami is not that great. So, but the thing is, like these Notre Dame guys, my our my kid went to high school with Nick Pettigrew. The dude had to go to Notre Dame, but he had like a straight four all through high school. Yeah. So, 
Like, that adds up. So, like, and that's just tell you all you know. And they're like that with a football program. Like, Josh Adams, I think he had, like, a 3-8 in high school. Oh, yeah, it's definitely – they're they're making sure they're doing the grades well and everything. I just think that, like, you need somebody, like they were saying, that Clay Hall in the USC, he's not meant for USC. He's more for, like, a like a tough, like, bruising type of team. And that's what Notre Dame used to be. But then I think Notre Dame just needs to join a conference also. So that's Notre Dame just needs to join the ACC already. So yep. they can get their butt kicked by Miami. Miami. So they would they wouldn't be twelve and zero anymore. It just wouldn't happen. And they that would, would be... they would have lost to us because they the one thing they lose to is speed. Yeah, they lost. Listen, they, all their close games were to teams that had a lot of speed. So I mean, you guys lost to Wisconsin, who does not have speed. So let's that let's is back listen, up on that. that game. That game proved when Mark Rick should have never been our head coach this year. And we're going to talk about that in the rundown. Like you said, I saw you tweet or something, or you posted something. Like he did bring back Miami for that little short period. He of time, literally so. no, like Mark Rick's role in Miami's program's history was to literally resurrect us from the stupidity that was Al Golden, because yeah. Al Golden put us so far down in the hole that we should have never come back. But Mark Rick resurrected us in two years. Yeah. So I, I respect. Right. Listen, I have all the respect for Mark Rick about that, but we'll, we'll talk about that later in the. All right. Room. Next topic, real quick. Uh, just random. Brian Arakpo. Linebacker retired after ten seasons. Not a crazy good career, but he's like a no name that uh I mean I thought he was around longer than ten seasons to be honest with you. But yeah, he's retiring after ten seasons. Um another topic we got going on is Kevin Love is on the trade market. Surprised he's I mean he I mean, he got that contract, so I don't know who would want to take that contract on, but he's I, know, but, I mean maybe like a, like in Atlanta who wants to sell tickets, but First of all, Brian Arakbo, one of the good guys of football, one of the great pass rushers, Texas guy. I always loved him. Like when the old Madden franchise mode, I draft him as like one of my outside pass rushers. But like, but um, I you know Arakbo is one of the good guys, good pass rushers. I love how he went back at the end. He went back to Tennessee, and it, it just made sense. Yeah. Um. You know what? I got respect for the dude, but you know, being an edge rusher is like it's a it's a bruising job. I I, I feel like Von Miller's like four or five years away from retiring too. So it's like it's he had a good career. I wish he didn't get his injured as much as he did his first stint in Tennessee. It sucked that he had to play for Washington for two years and get and get shredded by Philadelphia and Dallas. But uh, what are you gonna do? I love the rock bow from the second he got in the league. So you know what? Great career. Um, and then we talk about Kevin Love. Listen, I'm a I'm a Timberwolves fan. All y'all know this. All our, all our listeners, all our fans, Mark, our audience today, everyone knows I'm a Timberwolves fan. I had a Kevin Love jersey at one point. It felt weird wearing it. I have never been a fan of him. Honestly, I was spoiled growing up. I got to watch Kevin Garnett and Latrell Sprewell. Then I'm like, and I had to deal with this dude. The softest dude I've ever seen. Like, oh, he gets double-doubles. Great. Cat does that in his sleep. Honestly, with Kevin Love, he's a glorified. His his stock is glorified to me. It always has been. I've never liked his style of game. Oh, he shoots threes, makes scrappy boards, and then hits hit, gets rebounds. I don't like it. He plays all late defense. He's worse than Harden. Get let some crap team take him. Cleveland's garbage too. I did not know you felt that way about. It. I mean, I I think Kevin I hated Love Kevin got Love. the. That's why I was so happy when Wiggins got. Tra- I have a Wiggins jersey in my freaking drawer over there. 
I see the. I think the one thing we all learned about Kevin Love is that he was kind of hidden down in Minnesota and all these stats. He was kind of like Matthew Stafford in Detroit. All these stats. Wow. Are like you're gonna take a shot at me like that? Are all these stats me, come boy? out, and he like has like these good stats, and he's playing well, and you see all these highlights. But then he gets put on the spotlight. When Stafford like, made the playoffs in Detroit. Kevin Love never got us the playoffs in Minnesota. That that is irrelevant. All right, well, I'm just saying, Matthew Pat Stafford and. Kevin loves his stats. Uh, Mark, you're fired. <laughs> you know, Donald Trump with the apprentice stuff. You need to comment. I, I you can't overuse the fire term. Fire like once a does. month. It's like, it's like a, <laughs> once a month, that might not be. In, as much, you might be doing it more than that. I might but, at least uh, twice a month threaten the fire, Mark. If you haven't followed our column, at least one one of his picks is just so stupid, I have to threaten the fire him. So. Yeah, well, my picks have uh, got me to three and six. We went on a little... Uh, three and one little run there. Yeah, you want two straight. It's a little disturbing. I'm I, I'm gonna have to reevaluate my life now, but um, because I've lost to you apparently. Next year in the NFL, if I, I'm 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 aiming to go seventeen and zero, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> shoot for the stars, bud. Shoot for the stars. Uh, next topic, a uh, little baseball action. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki to the Yankees. Um, I feel like he's kind of fallen off, and I don't think he might. I don't know. I if- love this move for New York. Yeah, but does that mean Machado's officially out? Oh, Machado's not going to New York. And I, I argued with a Yankees fan today about this. And, and the problem is he's going from a New York standard. The problem is with Machado, he's a diva. He wants to be the center of attention. So a place like Chicago, a place like Arizona, Philly, Atlanta, wherever, it doesn't matter. He needs to be the big dog in town. He goes to New York or Boston or or L.A., He's the third show. You go to LA, it's Kershaw's town. You go to you, you go to New York, it's Judge and Stanton and uh, Uvalde, Chapman. You want to keep going. It's still technically Jeter's town if you want to go that far. And then, but he, that's on his show. Why I love Tulo, he idolized Jeter. He wore two in Colorado in, in, and in Toronto because of Jeter. Yeah. The power to shortstop, he fits that ballpark. He had a rough year in Toronto. Toronto, that whole like team with Joey Joey Bats. God, I really hope he finds a team because I love Jose Batista. He also follows me on Twitter, so shout out. Um, shout out. So I'm not even kidding. He does. Um, so I really ho- I love this move. I think he fits that ballpark. He's a powering shortstop. Didi's gonna be out to August, I think. So with the Tommy John, so it makes sense for them. I love it. Because they know they're not going to get to, they know they're not going to get Machado. They have a better chance with Harper, and even that's going to be an odd shot. Because apparently he's going back to Philly again for another meeting. No. So, so you you boys might get lucky now. We might, we might. I don't know, but yeah, I think the Tulowitzki could work out. I think I just picture him in the pinstripes. I think he'll be all right. I think uh, he fits perfectly there. Uh, another, we got two more things. Uh, first is Josh Norman. A little quick thing. He said that if they he were to ever win a Super Bowl, he will retire the year after. Well, Josh, you may be playing until you're 80 because you play for the Redskins. Um, so you better switch teams. Or he something. got posterized by Alshon Jeffrey in the end zone too, which was just hilarious. Yeah, our boy AJ's is balling this year again, man. He's just having another good year. But yeah, no. Here's the thing about Norman. He's such a personality. I love him on on air. I love that he got in a fight with Taylor Lewan because that was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it was so random. It was so disrespectful and like. It was just so funny, though. He walked all the way over there. I was like, I'm surprised Josh Norman didn't actually try to do something. Well, 
Norman, he's a little guy, and here's the thing about Taylor Lewan, and this is one thing people realize: he's six foot seven, weighs about three twenty, and is a monster. He's not like one of those like offensive linemen, like a quiet giant. Lewan will take your lunch money and then go go talk to your girlfriend afterward. He's a mean dude. Like he's not, and that's why I love Lewan, even though he's like, oh, nobody gives us respect. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. Besides Derrick Henry, y'all didn't have even a shot at the playoffs. Yep. So, and. I love this though, but you know, with 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 Josh Norman, I just I feel like he's got to keep his mouth shut. He's become too big of a star. He's not he he's not even a top ten corner to me anymore. He just had that one breakout year with the Panthers, and they left, and he played all right first I couple of the. I called this too, which is why I, I was I said in my junior college, I said on my radio show, Clem's Corner, shout out WSIN Radio. But I said I'm like he's a zone cornerback. He's going to a man system. Well, of course, Jay Gruden converted to zone, but. He's yeah. just not the best corner on their team last year. Was the other guy? Was the guy across the ball from? Him. I can't remember his name right now. Some crazy ass name. I can't think of it right now. It's not. But I mean, last person I remember on, that was on the other side was Breland. But it's I don't know think... the guy who replaced Breland. Oh god, I can't remember his name right now. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, Captain Bundle. It's the other dude with a crazy name. Either way, it just shows you how relevant players on the Redskins I know, were. This right? Year. Like he would. Like I mean, like he played great against us the first game. Yeah. When I watch Norman, I'm like, oh, he's not terrible. But uh, he's just lost relevancy, and this is kind of just like him trying to stay in the spotlight because his ego. It's That's all it really is. Yeah. All right, and then to wrap up the rundown, a little uh, little sad moment, but uh, Purdue, Boilermaker, uh, cancer, uh, had severe cancer. Uh, Josh, or Tyler Trent, he passed away today. He... Um, was hoping he he called the Purdue beat in Ohio State. Just wanted a little quick shout out, everyone out there fighting cancer and, and all that. Uh, he was if you want to see Scott Van Pelt posted something on his Twitter, kind of honoring him. So, quick shout out for that good kid. Yeah. Hope for everyone out there that pray for his family and everything. So yeah, uh, cancer affects all of us. I lost a friend of mine to cancer earlier this month. It's it's not it's it's a you know it's a horrible disease. So anything you people can do to donate to the research of it, to fight it, it's the the best thing you can do to honor a guy like Tyler, who literally inspired millions. I, I saw guys like guys doing shout outs to him today, and I was just like blown away by it. Especially guys like SVP. I saw college football coaches and everything. So it, it's it's a big thing, and um, this guy was an inspiration to a lot of people. So you know, rest in peace, Tyler. All right, yeah, and that wraps up week seventeen rundown. All right, let's get a little more uh, cheering up. It's time for my turn, Mr. Mark. It is time for the report card. First off, we got a comedic segment here. So the Cincinnati Bungles um, are not only they just fire Marvin Lewis. So smart move, right? Yeah. They go out and say, oh, we're going to give Hugh Jackson an interview. Why? Because they are the greatest team in the world. I love it. I love it. They're the new. I told you. I said to you, they are the new Browns. The Bengals are the new Browns because they're gonna the, the starting quarterback chain is gonna start after Andy Dalton. You're gonna see AJ Green's gonna get dealt midway next year because he's gonna get so pissed off. You're gonna see Joe Mixon get dealt. You're, it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious. They're gonna start. It's gonna be like the Jamal the Lewis the last year when they had Jamal Lewis starting to go downward. Yep. It's gonna be hilarious. They're gonna have that one year again when they make the playoffs some like some quarterback nobody's ever heard of like Derek Anderson shout out and then. It's gonna have the brown, the Bengals and the Browns, and it's it's hilarious. I love it because 
how could one team be so stupid? If they do, this is all if they hire Hugh Jackson. Yeah. If they hire Hugh Jackson, they're fine. They might actually be okay because there's a lot of talent on that roster. You tell me, I get AJ Green, Joe Mixon, a solid defense, and I get to play. And yes, I have to play the Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield twice a year, but then I also get to play that dumpster fire that's the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I never thought that sentence would actually come out of my mouth. But yes. <laughs> Who would have thought Philadelphia is the best football team? The Eagles are the best football program in all of Pennsylvania. Yeah, shout out you, Penn State. Ugh, gross. <laughs> just taking shots left and right. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm like, it's like I got a Red Dead right now. I'm just hitting that revolver hammer as hard as I can. So but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. I'm not. I mean, as much as I love it, you got to give it enough. The fact that like he should be out of you would have you take him out of your whole entire facility. Don't even give him close to your. Head coaching. Do you realize after they brought Hugh, they lost like eight straight? Yeah, they lost to the Browns twice, didn't they? Exactly. And Baker Mayfield gave us some great content. Our our unofficial mascot of Belly Up Sports. I really hope, I really want us to send him a a shirt, but I feel like he'd be like, that's copyright infringement. I mean, I'd be cool with him reaching out to us and trying to discuss the copyright infringement. Yeah, I'd be like, listen, Baker, we'd love to have you as our official mascot. You just have to be cool with us using your shirt, using your likeness. Belly Up Sports presented by Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I do. I would love if he was our first endorser. That'd be so lit. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to give it an F. I give it an F. It's just so stupid. All right, uh, next up, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, this is all-encompassing. This is everything. From Le'Veon Bell leaving, and now he's probably going to some contender next year, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think, um, to the whole not making the playoffs the first time in like what was like five years they haven't made since they missed the playoffs. No longer, they haven't. I don't think they've ever missed the playoffs under Big Ben. I couldn't tell. You. I don't remember a time. Yeah, they've made the playoffs almost as much as the Patriots have. They've been it's been those two battling it. I mean, think about it. Ben has two Super Bowls. They've been always in the playoffs, either losing to the Patriots or if they beat them, they would end up winning the Super Bowl. So, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it. I saw this phenomenal tweet today. I was so mad that I didn't think of it. But somebody posted breaking, like, you know, huge caps letters, and it was just the Steelers. I was like, God, that's such a freaking good tweet. Because uh, the Steelers are breaking. They're crumbling. Big Ben's going to goes on every radio show and just talks about his teammates like it's in high school. Uh, Antonio Brown's going off the rails. Le'Veon Bell's not coming back. The only thing positive there is Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and James Conner, and uh, T.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, they have a great defense, but I wouldn't give their defense too much credit. They got some good pass rush, but they're... Yeah, they got some good pass rushers, and I love Artie Burns, their corner, because he's a Miami guy, but I mean... And he's also, he's been been ranked pretty high in the league for pro football focus the last couple years, but I look at it like this. Mike Tomlin's lost that locker room. He has completely lost everything about like that. It seems like the entire team's falling apart. Their one bright spot's Juju. Yeah. And like when you're like, oh, the Steelers, they they made him make the playoffs. Oh, but they have Juju. Antonio Brown's become like the villain overnight. Le'Veon Bell is an afterthought. Big Ben looks old as hell. Even though he led the league in pass yards this year, which honestly, shout out, that's respect. But I mean, we got Juju and Antonio. It really shouldn't be that hard to lead the league in receiving yards. Yeah. You have two top ten receivers on your roster. Like you should honestly have that. I would honestly, in my if I was going to do a new top ten receiving core at the end of the year, 
I would possibly put Juju in there or kick Keaton Allen out. I would. I mean, we'll talk about that at the end of this, but I think Keenan Allen does he kind of just goes on the radar, but I think he's he's just really good. he's a top fifteen. There's so many good receivers in the NFL. That if you're a top thirty receiver, you're still a number one. Yeah. So But yeah, I'm gonna it, give this grade a D because it's not completely something. I, sure I give it a D minus because you as the Steelers, you're expected with the Knoll family with the Noel, with Chuck Noll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Find three head coaches since my dad was born. I think one more before that, so four. But he's ancient. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's sixty. He's fifty-five. But um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a tradition with the with the with the whole family of this who owns the Steelers with the way they've run this organization for the last forty years from Terry Bradshaw to Big Ben. It's the same thing. There's a reason they have the most Super Bowls out of anybody is because they have a excellence they have an excellence about them. But now you're like, uh, Tomlin's lost the locker room. Like maybe it's time for a restart. So I, I mean, I give this a D minus. <clears throat> Next up, all right, my boy John Bones Jones, still the champ, knocks out Cormier. This is a double, actually. One, what do you did you watch any of the fight at all? Were you able to get a hold of it at all? Uh, I saw clips of it, but I did not see it like to the point where I have a good take on it or anything. All right. I oh trust me, I I I wasn't gonna make you take on because I didn't know if you watched it. But at the end, John Bones Jones gets on the mic, says you know his usual because he's very religious. Goes glory be to God, you know his usual stuff. And as a religious man, I appreciate that. But he then says, when when Joe Rogan, my boy, says, so what do you think about Daniel Cormier and all this stuff? And he asks about Daniel Cormier. He goes, Daddy's home, DC. And I loved it. I you know what? I love that he goes after Dan, Daniel Cormier like that. Cormier is trash. He's horrible. You know what? He's the biggest bitch in MMA because you know what? He cries and whines the second Jones gets caught for anything. And the thing is, with Jones's first drug test, that's something you can find in your steak. All right, like I probably could test positive effects. I just had steak two nights ago. <laughs> so the thing is, I'm done with this crap. I'm done with this stupid crap. Yeah, the cocaine, the arrest, the drug, the 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 hit and run. Yeah, that was bad. But the and then the next thing is I. I give Jones an A plus for what he said after the fight. He came off classy, but had to sprinkle in a little crap talking at the end. I loved it. I give it that an A plus. But the MMA rankings came out today. Cormier one, Jones two. I find that a load of bull crap. It, 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 at minimum, they have to tie them because Cormier's gotten his butt kicked by like. Jones twice. It wasn't even close. Like the, me and my boy watched the fight last year, and Cormier looked like he was sort of in control of the fight. Then he makes one mistake, and Jones kills him. So I, I'm just done with it. I'm gonna give it a. I'm giving the daddy's home. I'm giving a, a C, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because this man has. I understand this. The, he's he still has failed these drug tests. He's can't come out and win one fight and be like, oh, daddy's back, whatever. Keep doing what you gotta do. Fight Cormier. Cormier will fight him. Cormier's going to retire. He's not going to fight him. He is 20. I forget what he is. 39 or something. I forget what Cormier's I was Cormier turns 40 in like three months. Yeah, Jones either is 30. Way, either way, uh, I mean, I just think it's – I mean, good for ASMMA because it, it, saying that gives good uh, – what's it called? Advertising for hopefully a possible fight. But yeah. I don't know. After all the crap that John Bones Jones have done, I think he needs to just relax a little bit. One fight back that he passed the drug test, we'll see. 
Yeah. All right, by the way, a little clarification on the Steelers. In the last 10 years, they have made the playoffs six times, and they have won two Super Bowls since 05. Hmm. So that's a little from our stat checker, Connor. Um, Here's the thing about quick thing on the Steelers. It's a tradition. We understand that. But going back to the MMA, I, lo- I understand what you're saying, and I understand Breen's controversy, but – Jones has proven multiple times he's a better fighter than Cormier. I don't want to hear about the chumps Cormier's fought while Jones has been on suspension. A suspension that got lifted a year and a half earlier than it should have when they started it because they knew they were wrong and they had to save face by lifting it in October instead of lifting it in like July of 2020. Yeah. So I, I, UFC is like... It wasn't even a like the, the Jones Gustafson fight. It w- I'm going to describe it to you really quickly. Gustafson put up a quick little fight for about five minutes. It looked like when like the Miami Dolphins play the Patriots at home. <laughs> it they put up a fight for about five minutes, and then you saw in round three, Jones pounced on him like a tiger hunting a small antelope in a closed cage. It was not even fair. So uh, this is just stupid to me. But all right, next up. Mike Mayock hires the GM is going to be hired as the GM of the Oakland Raiders. I'm waiting for like Lewis Riddick, Trent Dilfer, and like you know Tim Hasselback to get brought into for the all and like Rich Eisen get brought as a media director for the entire all TV team for the uh, Raiders. But I mean I don't know. I'm Mike. What was also Mike Mayock worked in football? It was like 06 or 05 or something like that. I, I just I I'm not know. sure. I, I give but it a I, C. I'll just say, I give it like a, a C plus just because it has some potential. I mean, the, the, I mean, the things going around saying that supposedly Mike Mayock was like trashing everything that John Gruden was do- doing. I don't know if it, it if that's true or not, but the problem is Mike Mayock. I because I like obviously we always say how we're draft nerds and whatnot. So I'm like, I watch the combine, I watch all these things, and he just like everybody's good. There's not one person that he says anything bad about. I'm like, he's gonna have top grades for all these. It's guys gonna be like Darius out. Hayward Bay all over again. Like it's just like, like I don't understand. Like he, I just think he's too. I mean, he might go on there and not be like that, but on the surface, he's just really nice about everything. But I mean, I hope it. Were, I mean, he's got plenty. I mean, that's a dream GM spot, though. I think yeah. all that potential that you can either. I mean, get all the pieces for to draft you get all those first round picks too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they don't have. They got. I mean, they got rid of all those the actual young talent they had, but having all those draft picks is like playing a freaking video game. I'll give a C plus just because it. I'm not gonna hate it. I think Lewis Riddick might deserve it over him, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, next up, and um, this is a little closer to home for me. Manny Diaz brought in as the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Pulls a little switcheroo last minute on Temple Owls. Mark Rick, of course, retires. I got it. First off, as a Miami fan, I will say this: Mark Rick did bring us out of the abyss that Randy Shannon and uh, Al Golden put us in, but he only could do that. Unfortunately, Rick this year just looked lost. His offensive play calling was crap. His disciplinary actions, his quarterback flipping every five weeks was driving me crazy. Diaz is the you know who the inventor of the turnover chain was, right? It was Manny Diaz. So expect a lot more of that kind of old school Miami story. The dude's dad was a mayor of Miami at one point. All right. Mm. So he's as Miami as it gets. He's fired the entire offensive coordinator staff. He's fired the training staff. He's cleaning ship. 
Because Diaz knows what Miami's about. I love this move. I give it an A. I love the way Rick went out. I wish he didn't have to go through the season. I wish he retired last year if he's going to do it. But you know what? He didn't hang around for another year. He saw the writing on the wall early. And Rick says, you know, I'm done. I got to coach him at alma mater. I got to give us a ball game win over West Virginia. <laughs> and hmm. uh, you know what? I, I give Rick a B. I give Manny Diaz an A+. I love this switch. I love Manny Diaz. It's a defensive coach. If he brings in like a Larry Fedora, a guy who knows how to coach offense, who could just take, hey, Nicozy Perry, you're a four-star recruit. Let's let's get you chucking 50 touchdown passes a year. I love it. You know what? It works. Yeah, I'm going to give it a I mean, good for him. I mean, going, I mean, Manny Diaz just sounds like he should be the freaking head coach of Miami in the first place. But the, what he did to Temple is amazing. Billy and the fact that, switch. The fact that uh, Miami bought out the contract they signed is insane. Well, our Miami's got more money than God, so it's like because it's a private college, and now that all of this, all of this like new hype with Miami, with all their alums, like being like, yo, we want to put money into this program. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I give it like a B just because it was kind of crazy how it all happened. I don't know what he's gonna do. I, I didn't even really know his name, but uh, I give it a B. Hopefully, it works out, Miami guy. I mean. Exactly. The only reason Miami was ever in that game to the start was the defense was hanging on for their nail. Like the defense was stuffing Wisconsin constantly, yeah. and that's because of Diaz. Even though it was his last game, or he thought as a Miami Hurricane, but uh, I I love this move. I think this is the, if there was any way Miami could have gotten better, unless they went on and got like Cristobal or Dan Mullins. But like even then, they're not Miami guys. Like well, Cristobal is because he played tight end for Miami, but Manny Diaz just it, it's just it's a dream come true. So I love it. All right, and last but not least, Baker Mayfield, of course, broke the touchdown record this weekend. So we thought here at the corner booth, it'd be great for us to do a little, uh, you know, a little uh, quarterback uh, ranking of the rookie class, the five guys who uh, were drafted in the first round this year and actually played well. So we're going to go in alphabetical order. So first off is my boy, Josh Allen. Mark, I'm not going to let you go first because you hate on this boy so much it ticks me off. I it just, it makes Allen sense. A, it makes sense. You like Josh Allen, honestly. Let, let's be honest. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's insult. Why are you saying that? Because I mean, you you like the guys that are all about the flashy stuff. You got Matt Stafford. You got uh, I can't even think off the top of my head because Matt Stafford always just pops right in there. Um, but yeah, you know what? You you go ahead. You have your Josh Allen with his big arm. Go ahead. You know what? Dude account for uh, five total touchdowns this Sunday. Had had ninety three yards rush, three hundred yards passing. I love it. It's like what I do in Madden with my creative player. Dude's great. He's going to lead Buffalo to at least one division title once Brady retires. I love it. I give it a B plus. Josh Allen, hater, you're up. Josh Allen will give – I'll give him a B. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done way better than I thought he would do. His legs definitely are way more in play than I thought they were going to be. But I'm waiting for the interceptions to come rolling in just because – I mean, if he fixes his accuracy like he's shown kind of this year, I mean, I'll give him – I will – well, Take he's with our boy Sean McDermott, though, so it's like he's not completely lost. Yeah, I mean, they, the Bills, like that's the only thing. He did something with a team that wasn't expected to do anything. I mean, I'll give him a B just because he did a lot better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, I like that. Um, Next up, our boy – Um, next up, we got to go Sammy Darnold. Going off about a quarter of last names here. Um, I give Darnold a C plus. Yeah, I'm gonna do go the same route just because <laughs> I, 
I want to give him more. Our boy Brandon Sharples loves him, but I, I don't. I I'm he came in so I I said at the beginning of the year I said the three best quarterbacks in this in this class were Allen Baker and Lamar Jackson. I thought that was crazy, but I said, why are Darnold and Rosen falling so far? Why are teams letting him fall? I don't count the Jets picking him at three or four whenever he got picked because the Jets. All right, it was three and. I just, I'm not seeing the flash. I'm seeing little snippets of it, but I'm not seeing like this, oh my lord, it's an epiphany of greatness. Like when golf came in, you still saw flashes of greatness, even when it was the second, when McVay got to him. Let's not, we're going to excuse Jeff Fisher because God, oh lord, I could coach a better offense. Carson Wentz, you saw it. Mahomes, you saw it. Baker, you saw it. It's in Brady, even his rookie when he first got playing time, you see it. It's instant. It's not like this Aaron Rodgers when he got in. You see a snap instant. You see the it factor. Even if it's here and here and there, you see it. With Darnold, I saw snippets of eh, he's okay. I think he's a solid B plus quarterback at best, like a Dak Prescott or a like maybe um a, a healthy uh floppy sleeves. Um, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Sorry, I couldn't figure out his last name for a second. Phenomenal, um, but I knew exactly who you were talking about. Exactly, like, and, uh, or or uh, maybe a healthy Jameis Winston, like an actually not out of his brain Jameis Winston. Like he's at a B quarterback. It's not gonna be great. Or Matt Hasselback. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good. If he gets a good running back, maybe he'll get a run. But he's not gonna be great. And that's why I give him a, a C plus. I think maybe careers can be a B quarterback match. See, I I agree with the grade, but I still think that I, I'm not gonna be out on Sam Donald just because I think he does have what it takes. It's just the problem is decision making. He still tries to make these crazy he's plays. He's twenty. He's twenty. The fact he's in the league is stupid. Exactly, which means he's got plenty of time to grow. I think him and Ro- I I mean, I'm still him. It was my my board last year, I think was I had Rosen one, Baker two, Darnold three, and then Lamar and whatever. I think Josh Allen was seventh on my board. If we're being honest, I'm pretty sure I put Kyle Watt in front of in, in front you of that. You are a hater, bro. Oh man, when I hate, I hate all the way. And but I West think Virginians are weird as hell. Yeah, well, uh, you can't. Oh, first off, I'm a Philly guy, so you can call the Philly guys weird. I'm just a West Virginia. I was a student. Either way, uh, uh, what's it called? I think. I, th- I still think Rosen's going to be good if he could get any time in the pocket. I think Lamar Jackson's been the biggest surprise, but we'll, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll get to those grades. I'm going to give Darnold C+, but I think he still has a very good career ahead of him. All right. Well, we have actually an interesting question coming up. We have a, a question popping messages. Um, somebody asked, who wins rookie of the year, Saquon or Baker? Saquon. I think Baker. I Make think... your case. I want to hear it. My case, Baker Mayfield next. Uh, my case is is just pretty much just like what I mean. Like it could be Baker, but Baker had a better team around. I think. True. I think Saquon, I what he did and what the numbers he put up and the games that he actually kept him in as a running back is insane. Oh yeah, well when he played the Eagles, the only reason I even feared the Giants was because of number twenty six. It wasn't because of ten or thirteen. Thirteen's a chump against us. He always chokes. Um. I only put Baker higher because it's the Browns. It's the Browns, and he's a quarterback. 
the whole joke with the jersey, how like that woman who had that jersey, the guy with the jersey, they kept going out with names. Unfortunately, the Bron- the Giants have had great running backs like in recent memory. So it's not like it's a big thing. Yes, Saquon is an amazing back. He's instantly a top five back. But Zeke Elliott was better than Dak Prescott, but Dak won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, because that's why it's the quarterback favorite thing. It's a thing. quarterback's award to lose. I agree, but I think I would have gave it to Baker if he wins that Ravens game. I would have given it to Baker regardless. I still think Baker wins it. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, what do you give him for a grade, Mr. Riley? I'm going to give him an A because he's. you said he brought the Browns to what? How many? What? Uh, seven, eight, and one or something? Seven, eight, and one, man. That's he insane. Him, he had him with one win of a winning record after the debacle that was the Hugh Jackson era. It's, it's great. I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't be mad if he beat Saquon. I think if either one gets it, I think they both deserve it. Their future's there bright. There were so many great rookies this year. It was a good rookie class. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give him an A. Yeah, I, I give Baker an A as well. I don't give him an A plus because he beats the he beats the Ravens and finishes the winning record. That gets me an A. But you know what? Baker, his first year, our mascot here at Belly Up Sports. I love it. I love him. I love his swagger. If there were, like, so I have a list of like in my head of non Eagles I root for on a daily basis. It's Clowney Hopkins, uh, my boy Melvin Gordon, Ty Gurley. Right there's Baker Mayfield in that jumble because I love Baker. I've loved him since college. I love his swagger. I love how he carries himself. I love he's a 5'11 guy like me who handles himself like 6'5. I love it. It's beautiful. A. Baker, you're the man. We love you here at Belly of Sports. Next up, Mr. Lamar Jackson. You got to give him you got to give him an A. You got to give him an A. Oh, I give him an A+. Plus. Yeah. He's not hurt, he's not making dumb decisions, he's keeping them in games, he's showing off his speed but not getting himself killed, and he's do he's following Harbaugh's system. He comes in and replaces Joe Flacco, flips that team around 6-1 as a starter. No, it's sick, it's an A+. Plus. He got them to the playoffs in a division that had Baker Mayfield surging and had the Steelers Yes, the Steelers fell apart, but a rookie quarterback could have lost that easily. So I give Lamar an A plus. I because you know what? He had nothing. Everyone's like, oh, he's gonna convert to he should convert to receiver. No. And be like and be lost in the full like the Brad Smiths of the world. Like, no. This guy knew he had arm talent. This new guy knew he was like the next Michael Vicker better. Like, he took a chance. I love it. I give an A plus. Lamar Jackson's my boy. Even more than Baker, I said Lamar was going to be a runner this year. He was going to kill it, and everyone laughed at me, and I knew I was right. So you know what, Lamar Jackson, A plus, baby. You made me look like a, a champ. Yeah, I made him an A because what he's done. It, I mean, makes the Ravens kind of fun to watch, even when they don't put up points because you never know what he's going to do. It's he's a got defensive team with a mobile quarterback. It's fun to watch. He's just confident. He doesn't even. He never looks like phased back there. Rattled. So. His Instagram, though, it, the, the thing when he dapped up Kodak Black on the sideline the other day was so funny. Like, <laughs> yo, he's Baltimore as hell. <laughs> but yeah, and then well, speaking of a guy that's a mess, we'll end it with uh, good old Josh Rosen. Oh, God. I, I hated him coming out of college, and he pleasantly surprised me. I gave him a C+. Plus. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C+. Plus I, he I, he gets a line, yeah. I really hope he doesn't turn into another Derek Carr, but like, or David Carr? David Carr. I really just hope he turns another David Carr where, like, he just gets hit so much regardless of who he has around receiver. Like, I love Christian Kirk on that team. I love how, like, that team, like, even throwing a Larry Fitzgerald. They're just having fun. 
I think they need to get a good head coach down there. But if they get some offensive line help, he might be okay. I give it a C plus. I think he's better than Darnold. I give it a C plus. Yep, I agree. Everything you just said, C plus. I think if he gets some time, only thing is he's not mobile even slightly. So let's see if that can he can adjust because NFL you got to have some type of mobility back there these days. But we'll see. All right, and it's time to bring on our boy Juice right now. We are now joined by Southern Oregon defensive tackle in 2019 draft prospect, Mr. John Jackson Jr., a.k.a. Juice. Juice, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am doing excellent tonight. Man, first off, thank you for coming on our show. We at the Corner Booth, we love talking to athletes. You guys always have the best content, the best stories. We love talking about it. And first off, a little bit about our good buddy Juice here. He is a 6'3 defensive tackle from Southern Oregon. He lived in Tucson, Arizona. Last year he had 23 tackles, one interception, three sacks, and four tackles for a loss. Really solid stats, especially for a defensive tackle, if I do say so myself. So, uh, Juice, first off, my man, as a defensive tackle, what – do you who do you, is there like a certain pro player or a legend you base your style off of, or do you have your own kind of little mix of what you do on the line of scrimmage? Um, I like to try and be as disruptive as possible while playing, so I like to uh, base my game off of either Aaron Donald or Nadamik and Sue. Um, Aaron Donald's pass rush is one of the most ridiculous pass rushes as a defensive tackle out there, and Nadamik and Sue is just amazing against the run. So I like to focus on the type of things that those two do. And it's a lot easier now that they play together. Yeah, it's an easy game to watch. Being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I've, 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 you know, I got to watch Fletcher Cox for the last three, five years, and it's, it's cool beautiful. But, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, that's uh, you're right. Donald is so he sets so much speed and athleticism off the line of scrimmage, and you know, of course, Dom Sue has been destroying since he was at Nebraska. But so, as you like to have a hybrid, which is I love because you know, as a defensive tackle for you. A lot of what I've noticed with defensive tackles, and this goes back to even when I played in high school or when I'm talking to guys in college or guys in the NFL, they eat up blockers so the linebackers can make the tackle or the ends can get a solid pass rush. Do you find that as a defensive tackle, that's the kind of the role you sometimes get thrown into or you actually get a free run at the quarterback yes. or the running back sometimes? Um, I get thrown into it sometimes. It just depends on what the defensive scheme is, you know, but um, I've played in enough systems to where I was supposed to eat up the, the blocks and for the linebackers to flow. I've played in those systems enough to where I've learned how to really just get with the block destruction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'll get take my double team. I'll ride my double team as, maybe for about three seconds or two seconds and then I'm shedding trying to get into the play because I like to hit people too, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the whole point. of That's the whole fun part about playing defense. Exactly. So, alright, um... As a defensive, t- so I, I saw in your interview you did a couple weeks ago. You said your be- your greatest moment of like your college career was your interception. And first of all, as a big man getting an interception, that's the best feeling in the world. But <laughs> in, during a game, is there a certain thing you look forward to? Do you like almost like when you're like coming off the, you get a fr- you get a clean release and the running backs trying to catch a pitch or the quarter, but you've just blown the pocket up from the middle. Is there a certain thing you almost like? look forward to during a game besides, you know, your basic tackles and, and like, like just basic stuff you go through in a normal uh, game? 
Um, I look forward to screen passes like uh, tunnel screens and really? stuff like that. But I, I love the little the little bubble screens to the wide receivers because as a D tackle, I left her so that I can also run. And those little dudes aren't looking for me coming. So I like to I, <laughs> I catch them slipping a couple times and uh, having some great linebackers also helps out with that. That always helps. So we've taught we've touched a little bit about how what your style is, what you love doing on the field. You know, you've had an interesting collegiate career. Now, I've had a couple friends who have just stayed at one place the entire year and then have gone to the NFL and then kind of fizzled out. A buddy of mine who played in the NFL for a year or two, Jerome Cunningham, came out of my college. But he his problem was he bounced around when he got to the NFL. You, unfortunately, had to go to a few different schools. And uh, I know, you know, circumstances are different for every person. But um, you talked about it in your interview. So it was an adverse time. Would you say it kind of made you better as an athlete and as a student having to constantly adjust your environment going through your collegiate career? Um, yes, because while adversity is present in the sport of football, um, it's very easy to just kind of become complacent in a way. Mm-hmm. And with while me moving schools was a negative, I was able to constantly have that chip on my shoulder of having something to prove, I guess you could say, because I was, for the most part, outside of my time at Portland State, I was trying to impress new people so that they can understand what I can bring to the table. Totally. And I I get that. I mean, so when you're trying to, like, when you're going to a new school and you're just, oh, you're the new guy. Oh, what is this guy going to do? There have the incumbent stars. Let's say the two defensive tackles are both, like, they're stud guys in the middle. And you're this new guy coming in. What do you have? What is your mindset going into that first day of camp when you're look? Because you're going to have to experience this going forward now. Because you're going to a new spot, hopefully next year in the draft and wherever you go. So, what is the kind of mindset you go into when you're going into a new spot like this, where you're like the new guy? Um, you can't really focus on what everybody else has going on. Like, um, granted, I want to be able to take things from other people and learn because that's what this all is. It's kind of just stealing what other people are good at and making yourself good at it. And exactly. um, so when I'm looking and I got people like, so next year, I'm going to have some, somebody ahead of me mm-hmm. and that's what the deal is going to be. I just got to focus on myself and focus on doing the little things correctly so that when it becomes time to make a little flashy play or whatever the case may be, I've taken care of all my fundamentals before I go and hit a fake spin, you know, something crazy. Yeah. So it, that's, it's just one of those deals. Well, listen, that's a great attitude to have now. As like I assume, as a football player, you are a gym rat because you know you always got to improve yourself in the weight room. What is your favorite like thing? Because you know you got the combine stuff coming up. You got to be testing for forty yard bench press, vertical leap, three cone drill. What is your favorite thing you kind of look forward to in a, like a test situation like that? Um, I look forward to the the three cone drill. I feel like my change of direction. I have a basketball background, so I feel like my change of direction is something that is a just something that separates me from other people. So, um, I would love the three cone drill and also the vertical, just because the back the basketball background. I still like. I feel I feel like I have some hops with to me. Dude, I feel like you just looked at my notes. I was about to ask because it said coming out of high school, you had a basketball background. Now yeah. we know about the Julius Peppers. The Jimmy Grahams, all the Tony Gonzalez, all these guys in the NFL who had the basketball background. First off, why did you choose football over basketball? Well, I'm not six foot seven like the rest <laughs> of them. But um, 
I chose football over basketball. Um, just because that's what it, just that's where I got the attention at, you know. So okay. my junior year of high school was the first uh, offer I got for football from University of Wyoming. And at that point in time, when I like when I got that offer from Wyoming was when I decided, okay, it looks like I'm just gonna go play football. You know, like I'm still gonna play okay. basketball, but I guess football is my sport now that I have a college offer. Yeah. Up until so, that point, like the day before I got my Wyoming offer, I thought I was gonna go play college basketball. <laughs> sometimes that's the way life throws you a bone, right? Exactly. Instead of getting taller, I was just getting thicker. All right. And do you and now we talked about it a little bit before about the three cone drill and the vertical. And listen, trust me, I understand about getting thicker. I played offensive defensive line in high school too, so I feel you. But um, how does it? How, how did the game of basketball help? We talked about your your vertical and your agility, but is there anything else basketball helped you with the defensive tackle? Because some of these guys you're going up against are these big lumber three hundred pounders who honestly would rather go pound three five dollar foot long to the subway and then get on the practice field, opposed to you, this athletic kid who had a basketball background. Yeah, um, my footwork, it helps with my footwork tremendously. Like, that's the one thing that, like, even my kids, I'm going to have my kids play basketball when I have them. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. that, that that footwork was just unmatched. And when I'm watching, when I'm seeing my footwork, and I'm seeing other players who have played the sport of basketball where you have to be agile and you have to do that compared to players who haven't, it's, it just had, this is a different level of athleticism and, ex and explosion with their game. So it helps me with my footwork, but it also helps me with, the in and outs and being being agile and shaking and making you miss, you know, because why you said that those dudes are big guys, they're absolutely big guys and they're very strong, but at the same time, you can't block what you can't stay in front of. Exactly. And you see that all the time. Your boy Aaron Donald's the biggest example. I watched uh two weeks ago my Eagles upset the uh upset the uh, Rams. It was the craziest thing. I watched Aaron Donald just swim move Wisniewski like four or five times. This dude had been blocking exactly. Had a great season all year, and you know you watch Donald against any guard, even Pro Bowl guards. Just mm -hmm. get it's the speed, it's the footwork, and I feel like, especially with your basketball background, that'll help you going forward in the NFL because some of these dudes are, you know, like the Chance Warmax of the world. They lower their shoulder, and there's these these Southern boys who literally just want to run you through the other goalposts. So exactly, yeah. So it's an advantage to you, definitely. Um, switching up notes, going forward. Now that you got the, the all-star game coming up the next three days and you have and you the season's over, what is the process going forward for you? Um well right now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, because mm -hmm. this is where my mom lives. Um for the past two and a half weeks I've been training in Buffalo, New York with uh John Offer. He is uh, he trained Khalil Mack for about five years. Okay. Um, so I was training with him for two weeks and I came here for, you know, Christmas and then I fly out tomorrow for Miami and then I get back on the 31st and then I'm just going to go and train with somebody out in Phoenix for a couple of weeks until January 13th where I have the, uh, the Tropic Bowl. Oh, great. That's that. Well, hey, listen, man, I'll be looking to see if I can get a, is it, that's going to be available for us to stream and watch, right? Correct. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yes. All right. Great. We're we'll looking forward to watching you, man. So training with the guy who trained Khalil Mack, that must be interesting because you're talking to a guy who right now in the NFL is just absolutely dominating. Yeah. The guy who trains him. So yeah. to you, have like training with that guy, is it almost like you almost have to pin your ears back a little bit and just like listen to what this guy is saying because you're hearing because clearly he's did something right. Oh, absolutely. Um there's at this point in time, like, I have no problem, like, in any point in time, I have no problem listening to anybody because they all have either 
done something that I haven't done or mm-hmm. or involved in something I haven't been involved in. Like John Offer is he's an Olympic train he's an Olympic certified trainer and he's 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 like um he's like Yoda of <laughs> body mechanics, you know? So like first thing that happened when I get off the airplane, he's like, We need to go get you groceries and he's like, But I need to look at your eyeballs. So I'm completely confused at what he's talking about. So I was like, okay. Looks at my eyeballs and he's like, okay, and I know exactly what vitamins you're missing. Really? And I was like, oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, when's the last time you ate an apple? And I was like, oh, it's been a minute. And he's like, oh, I could tell. So just, I was there for five minutes and that's the first thing that happened. So literally there was no question in my mind that that was the right place where I needed to be and listening to him. And it just wasn't hard at all. <laughs> Holy crap. So like when you're training with him, it's a lot, it's not just like, you know, the, the cone drills, the, the in and out movements, like ladders, stuff like that. Is it's a lot of nutrition when you're training with this guy as well, right? It's nutrition. Um, like I, I can be 100 percent honest with you, I haven't done a three cone drill or ran a 40 or anything like that. He's got me working straight on body mechanics and making sure that everything that I have going on is how my body is supposed to be moving. So almost so like lot, reprogramming you. It's, it's like 100 percent repro- re- reprogramming. Like I, my running form is different now, and I've been running since I was a kid. You know, and he of course changed in two weeks. Wow, that is that is actually the most interesting answer I've ever heard. Because you know, you always talk about these guys like, oh, you, they're doing like the, the the drills on the beach and they're doing all this crazy running stuff. But that's interesting. He broke it down to almost like day you know, one. Like, to day one stuff, to stuff that you like the foundation. Because you know, everything's built with a foundation, of course. Exactly. Like you talk to any legend that's ever played, and you you see that everything's built from a foundation. If you built off something flimsy, it's going to collapse eventually. And that's exactly what he, like, that was his point. And he was like, you know, we could be sitting here and you can go, he's, he's like, we could be at another training place doing all the stuff that you're good at right now. Or we mm-hmm. could be sitting here and you could be frustrated and you can be mad and sweating bullets because you're getting better at the things that you've never been good at. And he's like, so I made the right choice of being there. And I 100% agree with him. That, that sounds absolutely amazing. All right. Couple quick, two, three little quick ones left going forward. Uh, first off, Arizona kid, are you a Cardinals fan? Absolutely not. No, really? So who's, nope. your, who's your squad? My family is from uh, Los Angeles, so I am a L.A. sports fan through and through. So Rams? No, I'm a Raider fan. Oh, okay. Oh, ouch. I am so sorry. My uncle's a Raider <laughs> fan. My uncle's a Raider fan, and I root for them all the time, and I feel free, man. I Oh, God. I got to ask you, man, what's your opinion on on this whole little Gruden rebuild? Um, you know, there's a reason why they're paying that man a hundred million dollars. Um, exactly. As, as a fan, you know, I'm not, I'm not very happy with it, you know, cause I felt like we're rebuilding after about my entire life, life's span worth of rebuilding. But yeah. you know, we went to Super Bowl in 2001 and ever since then, I think we've been rebuilding. So have that one year car broke his leg. <laughs> exactly. Other than 12 and four a year, I think that's what it was, but it's, yeah. you know, it, it's rough. So, but I feel there's I feel like Derek Carr is gonna be a better quarterback. I feel like once we get everything figured out and he has his guys out there, then hopefully it'll it'll turn around. Hell, three first round picks. There's something there. Exactly. All right. And uh last notice then, if you all right, so you're a Raider fan. So I'm gonna this this question kind of has a quick setup. Hypothetical, if you get get to the NFL, what is the quarterback you want to chase after the most? 
what is a quarterback that I want to chase after them? Like if you got like you got in the NFL, what is the quarterback you want to sack first? Like if, if there was any, if you could have any any of the pick of the litter. I know, like this is like kind of like a hypothetical question, but like you know, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. All right, the old gunslinger. I love it. And uh, last but not least, so for fans out there, for our listeners, for any scouts scouring across the podcast network, hearing this, what is one thing? They want you want people to know about John Juice Jackson Jr. Um, made some bonehead mistakes in the past, hence why I went to multiple different schools. Um, but not only have I grown through that, I've been humbled by being at. I mean, I finished at an NAIA program, so I was humbled mm-hmm. by the things I had to deal with there, and I'm just ready to work. I'm just ready to work and be the passionate violent defensive tackle that everybody knows who see me play that I can be. That is well said, Juice. All right. So that about wraps up for us, folks. Please thank our man, Juice. Look for him. Juice, what was the date on that bowl game? January 13th? Uh, January 13th at the, uh, the Spiral Tropic Bowl. Spiral Tropic Bowl. And we will post the link on our Twitter feed as well for a friend of the podcast, Mr. Juice. All right, man, John, thank you so much for coming on today, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. No problem. And that was, we got to thank our boy Juice for coming on today. We're going to have him on a couple weeks going forward. Next up and finally, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for my segment, our favorite segment of the week. It's time for the last call. So we're doing a little different uh, vibe this week. Um, your boy, in a second article of Rebellious Sports, when I was just a little young pup, just trying to get, cut my teeth here at this company, I put out an article saying the top 10 wide receivers, and Odell Beckham was in my top five. I got heat for that. I had Antonio Brown, Julio, Nuke, and then I think I had put Mike, I had put AJ Green, then Mike Thomas, and I got heat for it. Mark, would you like to hear my top five for the season? Sure. All right. Honorable mentions. My boy, uh, farthest out is Adam Thielen. Dude dominated the first half of the season, but at the end of the season, the reason he make the top five for me, he fell off at the end. I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins is an idiot, and he's a horrible quarterback, and he robbed the Vikings, but, you know, he still belongs up there. Then we also have Mike Evans. I would love to see what happens if he actually has a competent quarterback. He's had two morons his entire career. Jameis, and then he had – uh. Uh, Johnny Manziel in college. He had, he had Fitzpatrick for a little bit. I'd love to see the guy an actual quarterback. It'd be great to see. Number six and just outside is my boy, Juju Smith-Schuster. I love this dude. He is fun. He is epic. His celebrations are great. He is a hard worker. He's a blocker. He runs good routes. He's fast. He's got good hands. I love Juju. It's best season ever. It was better than any season Odell had. And here are my top five. So, at number five... Devontae Adams. Dude dominated this year. When I watched the Packers, I knew number 17 was going to score points. I It was an inevitable. He separated himself from Cobb and all the other receivers that, that Aaron Rodgers ever had before. I loved watching him play. Exceptional route runner. Can break off long, run, explosive plays. Great hands. I love Hopkins. I mean, I love Adams. Sorry, wrong Devontae. DeAndre, it gets me screwed sometimes, but I love Devontae Adams. Don't, don't hurt yourself. He proved 
that he is a top 10, even top 5 receiver this year. He dominated, even when Aaron Rodgers looked like garbage. I love it. Number 4, he can't guard Mike Thomas. My boy got me to the almost the fancy playoffs this year. Put drop numbers every week. He also wears Jordan 11 cleats. Shout out as a sneakerhead. I love it. Thomas, he's not the most explosive receiver. Runs great routes. He's Drew Brees' favorite weapon besides that new dude, Smith. I love it. The guy dominated again this year. Seven plus touchdowns. A thousand yards receiving. Guy killed it. I love it. Number three. Here's where it gets interesting. Antonio Brown drops from one to three. Here's why. Fell off. Got injured. He's a headache in the locker room now. He's bouncing. He might get traded. It was all off the field stuff that dropped him out of my top. And Juju shined when AB got less targets. And it makes me sort of think maybe Juju helped out Antonio because people are starting to look at Juju. I don't know. It could be vice versa. I just didn't think Antonio Brown separated himself enough this year. And number two is the receiving yards king, Julio Jones. Dude balled out this year. I kind of regret trading it for Leonard Fournette in week four. But you know what? I, I am what I am. I love running backs. Julio balled out. I wish he had more touchdowns. And, you know, I wish he didn't play for Atlanta. But guy played exceptionally well. He's the biggest freak athlete at receiver. And speaking of freaks, with over 110 receptions and no drops, you heard that correctly. Number one from the Houston Texans. Number 10, DeAndre Hopkins, my boy. Nuke, dude, killing it. I put him in the top three this year. Everyone hated me for it. He said he sucks. He finally got a consistent year with Hopkins. I mean, with Watson, he balled out. Didn't matter who we had across him. Was it Thomas or Fuller or some no-name guy nobody cares about? Guy killed it. Over seven touchdowns. He had eight, actually, this year. Plus over 1,000 yards. He was t- I think he was number two in receiving this year as well. Hopkins killed it. Made a catch between the damn legs. No drops. I love it. Hopkins is number one by far. He's a better route runner. He's a better hands, better speed than Brown. And he is not a headache in the locker room. He cares about three things. His te- his team, his fashion, and his hair. And I love it. Hopkins is my number one receiver in the NFL right now. Beautiful. That's it. I'm done. Jared out. Mic drop. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you you, you killed it with those. I think it, you got them all right. I think Julio's kind of falling down the list there a little bit. I still yeah, I mean, put him ahead of AB though. Yeah, I know. That's that, that's fine. It's, I just think, I think he's kind of. I mean, he's, he's he's putting up the crazy numbers with the receiving yards, but he's he's got to get in that end zone. It took him a while to get in the year. He he is he can't stand all in end zone to save his life. It's like oh my god, Jeffrey. I think had more touchdowns than him this year. Might have. I, I mean, maybe because the last couple of weeks of Foles throwing it to him. I but. know. You know, and Jeffrey literally had Nick Foles and had Carson was ignoring for about three weeks. I almost could put like Greg Kittle in the top five because he's been putting up crazy numbers. By the way, Zach Ertz and Greg Kittle both have more receiving yards than Odell Beckham. So there you go. I don't care if Beckham missed four games. He's a wide receiver, he's supposed to be a dominant receiver. I've seen Julio put up this, a thousand yards in 10 games. So I don't want to hear it. All right. That's about it for today. We want to thank our boy Juice for coming on. We wish him the best of luck in this upcoming draft season. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, as I alluded to in our column, which you should all be reading, by the way, I, of course, won the regular season title for the picks. Mark, of course, came on strong with two straight wins. We're going to be switching to a two-episode format in February. We're deciding between about 30 and 45 minutes each episode because, you know, me and this dude love to talk. But that's about it for us today. 
We love the support. Happy New Year from us here at the Corner Booth and Belly Up Sports. I'm Jerry Clem. That's Mark Riley. And we out, baby. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.